The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, stop trying to find 64-bit Vista drivers for your dot matrix printer and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 207, recorded live at the Vista Canada launch, December 5th, 2006. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering a whole suite of on-site and remote classes in .NET 2.0 technologies. Online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who... Wait... Vacation? Oh, out of here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And welcome to another stellar episode of .NET Rocks. It's uh, almost time for the holidays, Richard Campbell. The last show of the year. This will be our last show of 2006. We're taking Christmas off. Not so much that we can't do a show then, but we don't want you to listen to a show then. Exactly. Go hang with your family. You should be with your family. That's right. And if you haven't got a lot of family to hang with, go spend some time in a shelter. Help some other folks out. It's as good a family as you'll get. Richard, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Something that I like to do. Yeah. And, and a, good, a good thing to do with your kids, too. Just to let them know we've got it pretty good out here. Yep. There are worse things in life. And if you are if you really have no life, okay, suck it up and go back and listen to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, before we uh, get to the meat of our show, let's read some emails, shall we? Sure. I've got an email here from uh, a fan who we met in Toronto. This is from Obi Oberoi. Oh, yes. Hi, Obi. Yeah, he was very happy to see us. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of snuck up on people. We really never announced that we were going to go do these launches. Right. Uh, really, because they were sold out by the time we were committed to doing them. And it seemed kind of mean to say, hey, we're going to be there. And you're not going to. And right. you're not going to be able to get in. So we were sitting in a in a pool hall or something like that. or at, No, I think it was that was another place. We were... It was the party the first night we were there. Oh, right, in that pub. In that pub, that's right. And so we go in, and, you know, we're just hanging out with the people that we do know. And so then we get announced that we're there. And then uh, Obi finds us, and he, he pulls out his flash player, and he says, I'm listening to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he says, Dear Colin Richard, I thank you for gracing your auspicious presence at the Windows Vista launch event in Toronto. Uh, it was a dream come true for me to meet up with you and hug you. Yes, he gave me a hug. Me he, too. He did a little more than that for you, didn't he? Uh, well, you know, I think I just have that <laughs> effect on people. <laughs> I think he gave you a little peck on the cheek, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with such things. Of I'm okay. Course. I was truly exceedingly delighted to be in your midst. If you, and let's face it, we got a lot of midst between us. We do have a lot of midst, especially <laughs> in the midst region. 
<laughs> we were midsting all over the place. Oh, my God. If you remember the night before the launch, we also met at the Bear Market in Toronto. After the launch event, I had the privilege to have a picture with you two along with John Bristow. I went and posted it to my blog, so here it is. And you can see that at shrinkster.com slash KSG. Right. KSG. So he was very happy about that. I will be in touch. Best regards, Obi Oberoi. He's an MSCD uh, from Mississauga, Ontario. All right. I got a little bit more of a serious email for you. In fact, this is a real good year-end email. And I'm honestly, I was blown away by it when we got it. Okay. I, and it, honestly, and it's also, it's long. Oh, so. is this Jim Faldner? Yeah, Jim Faldner's email. Yeah. I, and I want to read the whole thing. It is lengthy. Uh, it really made me think. So uh, I'm going to read it to you, and I hope you'll appreciate this. Okay. Carl and Richard, I remember back in the early days of DNR when you first started recording your podcast and feel that your motivation for recording your talks was exactly the same as our motivation for listening to them. Mm. Back then, no one really knew exactly what .NET was, but we all knew it was going to be something big, actually beyond big, huge. But given the fact that Microsoft was betting the farm on this thing, even beyond huge. Our gut feel was that it was paramount for anyone adopting the Microsoft paradigm of future software development to know what this thing was. So you did the community conscious thing and created DNR. Yep. By the way, thanks a million for doing that. Yeah. The early shows were quite a treat since many of them focused on how to sell, convince us and upper management that .NET was more than just a buzzword. It was a viable software development framework that was a serious contender to that J-word methodology. Um, juicy juice? Juicy what juice. What are you talking about? Now, 200-plus shows later, DNR is keeping true to its root by keeping up with what's new with .NET and all that surrounds it. Now, with the 3.0 framework come WPF, WCF, and WWF. I think it's just WF. WTF. <laughs> so naturally, we would expect future DNR shows to discuss these topics and how they will impact other products and technologies. Yep. As I see it, there will be always be plenty of content for future DNR shows. This is true. Mm-hmm. However, having shows on Asterisk, Media Center, and other such topics are no less compelling. I understand the reluctance to have shows on these topics on DNR since they are not .NET related, but they are still important to many of us. To many of us and our peers, it is our job to stay abreast of what's happening around us as far as computing goes. This is perhaps why Hansel Minutes has been so popular. Yeah. It's, it's a podcast outlet for such topics, and having the genius of Scott to lead the discussion makes them even more compelling. If you look over the past 44 Hansel Minute shows, you will see the broad range of items from Vista to HDTV, none of which are related to .NET, but still contain valuable information on new and emerging technologies. I'm not sure if you guys are ready to branch off onto another podcast venture, but if you think these topics would be better served on something other than Hansel Minutes, then perhaps it is time to start thinking along those lines. Otherwise, I think Carl and Scott are doing a tremendous job filling this role. Hmm. Which is interesting thinking because it is. I mean, Scott does what Scott wants to do, and sometimes it's dot net, and sometimes it isn't. It's totally his show. We had a we had a lot of downloads on the diabetes technology show of all things. I thought that was fascinating. You know, it's interesting what you touch buttons on. Yep. Just for the record, I wanted to let you know that I'm not a developer. Hmm. I have a pre-sales role, and I do perform a fair amount of programming as part of my job, but I do not program or develop on a full-time basis. I write code to basically show how two different programs or technologies can share information. Many of your conversations go way beyond my level as a programmer, however. I have to be knowledgeable and conversant about those issues when the prospects bring them up during a demo, and DNR has helped me many times to that end. Mm. This is why non-.NET topics are still very much of interest to me. Hmm. Finally, on a separate topic, I was disappointed about the lack of participation from all your guests as to your former end-of-show question, what's the coolest thing you've downloaded recently? Hmm. I initially thought, what a great question. What a fantastic resource of stuff as recommended by some of the most leading-edge people in the business. And yet, for the most part, nothing. Yeah. I was hoping to compile a list similar to Scott Hanselman's top 10 utilities, or programs he can't live without, from all of your guests, but even knowing the question was coming ahead of time, they still were not producing anything other than Skype. Right. <laughs> I think once we hit <laughs> Skype, that was it. 
<laughs> Unlike Scott, I don't have time to download and play with all the stuff that's out there. Neither does Scott. Yeah, this is true. So I want to take the recommendation of an expert whose unbiased opinion I value, i.e. all your guests, and use what they use. The Foxit PDF reader instead of Adobe, Paint.net versus Photoshop, Audacity instead of Audition are all excellent examples of programs I've picked up along the way, speckled throughout the 206 shows. But I'd be curious to know what's on Carl's top 10 list, or Richard's, or Jeff's, or Bill Vaughn's, etc., Hmm. And you won't believe how many people I've shown Camtasia to who didn't absolutely love it, and yep. I heard about it first on DNR. Wow. I know this would be difficult to amass, but what a great resource to have. I appreciate you trying. Keep up the great work. Thanks and regards, Jim Fulner. What a great email, Jim. Thanks. Unbelievable email. Right? And I just, thanks for taking the time. Like, that was obviously a lot of work. Yeah. It's very thoughtful. Uh, and of course, I, I mean, I love being appreciated too. I think the top 10 list is a good idea. You know, he touched on a few things that, um, I would call it serendipitous thinking, wouldn't yes. you? I mean, we've got, uh, we've got some new things in store for you next year. Yeah. And we really don't want to say what yet because some of them haven't been worked out, but, um, but our ideas are, are, uh, are expanding. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you this. There will never be a dull moment coming out of Pop Productions. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting to see a listener thinking. We Carl and I talk about the show a lot and talk about trying to make the show better and it's interesting to see a listener thinking about similar things. Yeah. And uh I I'm not so sure that we will always stick to exactly, you know, .net topics. Um we have done shows in the past that were not specific .net uh topics, but our mantra has always been do, does a .NET developer or somebody who programs in .NET, are they going to find this useful? Yeah. And maybe the ultimate answer is that we might spin off a new show. I don't know yet. It's a good question, and it's something we're really going to think about and work on. Yeah. Very good. So let's uh, talk about the Canada launches, which we were at a couple of weeks ago, Richard. Yes, sir. So this was actually the brainchild of John Bristow. Yep. Way back when, who, a former RD in Canada, now working for uh, for Microsoft, uh, approached us uh, quite some time ago and said, what would it take to get you guys involved with the launch? And and it took a bit. We we talked for quite a while to sort out all the details and make it work. But then we did it. Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa, the, the, the three big shows that Microsoft had. And I don't know about you, Carl. I had a blast. Oh, we were, we were throwing T-shirts and hooting and hollering and having a good time. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. And, of course, yeah. we met so many great people and a lot of fans we didn't know we had. Yeah, a lot of fans and a lot of people who never heard of the show and are happy, excited to hear about it. So it, it definitely was a lot of fun for us. And along the way, we collected these stories, just interviewing some of the organizers and some of the speakers and yeah. uh, some of the names and some regular attendees. And personally, some of my very favorite stories in this collection are just the guys who were there attending the launch. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of the road trip kind of interviews and the yes. tech ed and all of those kind of vignette shows. So let's, uh, without any further ado, let's get to the interviews. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of 2006. Have a happy new year, folks. Richard and I are here in Toronto at the Vista office launch event. Hey, Richard. Hey, don't forget Exchange 2007, too. Oh, yes, we can't forget Exchange. And we're here with Shane Miskin. Hello. Hey, Shane. Uh, he was just a developer who's standing around looking like a developer. We asked him if uh, we could pull him aside and talk to him. So, Shane, uh, tell us about yourself. I'm the part owner of a software company that writes registration software for summer camps. Awesome. I spent a lot of summers at summer camp, actually, but there wasn't a whole lot of software back then. So, uh, .NET, I presume? No. No, no really? We're still in Visual Basic 6 and Access. And the reason I'm here is to learn how to get out of that scenario. Well, is it working? Well, it's early in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you been to other .NET events, or what have you been what have you been using as resources to learn about .NET? I've been listening to podcasts right and left, hmm. trying to understand what Windows Communication Foundation does. Yeah, and that's one of the main reasons I'm here is try to get an overview of exactly what's what, uh, what Windows workflow actually is. Yeah. Besides just the acronym. Yeah. And uh, you say you've been listening to podcasts. Yes. And I know you're a fan. Yes. You told me before we were on mic. 
So, uh, do you find that for a non.net guy that it's easy enough to digest what we're talking about on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way to get an overview of what's going on and what I should focus my, my learning on. Cool. So, you've been to the keynote? I missed a good portion of I the keynote. I missed a good portion. Well, you know, it was easy to miss because a lot of people got here late because of traffic and snow. And, yeah. Uh, what are you planning on uh, checking out the most here? I'm here to network a little bit and try and find some people who can help me move the company into you know, 2006. So, uh, VB6 and Access. Yes. No web stuff? Oh, okay, there is there is web stuff. We we provide online registration for the parents of kids going to summer camp. Right, right. So they fill in forms. It gets loaded to the Access database. And then you have a VB front end for the the operators of it to get their reports and stuff. They fill in forms. It gets uh, dumped into SQL Server in a in a central server, and oh, okay. then each camp downloads that data into their Access database via XML. That's pretty sophisticated, you know? And you've done all that without .NET. That's pretty impressive. Okay, well, that last bit is in .NET. Oh. The online registration <laughs> is .NET, yes. Yeah, and it's a really slick piece. That's great. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're already working on bits of the migration, trying to move the piece by piece. Yes, yes, exactly. Have you been to code camps and things like that as well? I haven't. I don't even know what a code camp is. So, a code camp is a free event, usually on the weekends. Yeah. And uh, they're put on locally, so the Toronto Visual Basic Users Group has code camps, and the local areas, sometimes user groups will come together and put them on, um, but they're free, and uh, you just got to, the thing to do, you're in the right place here, the community zone, just go find the, uh, the user group leaders and ask them about when's the next code camp, and you know, generally they get sessions that you would see at big conferences, but it's free. It's usually one, one or two days. Yeah, and, all, and all local talent. So if you're, look, you're looking for interesting people in the area, you'll yeah. find them at Code Camps. And so what do you do at Code Camp? You- it's an event. It's a, like, a, like a seminar, like a free seminar. Okay. Where you see you know, people doing hour and you know, 90-minute uh, uh, talks. Yeah, multiple tracks, different topics. So you get some data stuff and some web stuff and so forth. This is great. This is like talking to you know, old homies here. You know, VB access. Yeah. So uh, uh, I guess you're just sticking around for the day. You're not planning on going to any of the other events like the one in Montreal or anything? No, no. I'll be yeah. here. Cool. Yeah. Well, good luck, Shane. Thank you very much. Thanks for Keep listening. Keep up the good work, guys. Of course we will. All right. Bye. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Developer Express. Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. So here we are in Toronto talking to a friend of mine, fellow Canadian RD, Scott Howlett. Yes, good day. How are you? Uh, very well, very yeah. well. So far, so good for the event? Yeah, pretty and good. It, and you're just good. attending, right? You don't have to actually work, per se. No, we did We did all our work. I don't know if you saw the, the Workopolis gadget up at the keynote. That's you guys? That's us. Very yes, it nice. Is. Yes. The Workopolis gadget is, uh, of course, that's a um, uh, HR, or, uh, jobs. Yeah, it's the biggest uh, online job recruitment site in Canada. So. so tell us about the gadget. What exactly does it do? It's uh, the version one's out the door, so we hit the launch event, which was our main goal. But basically, let you uh, set up a job title, so .NET developer, pick your city in Canada, and it shows you uh, available jobs and number of resumes uh, across Workopolis based on the job title and the geography. That's cool. So you can actually filter down and see, you know, I want. IT pros in Vancouver, and it'll give me that number. Absolutely, and then uh, if you're if you actually come to the time where you're looking for a job, you hit the link, and it takes you out to the site, and uh, you can browse the job listings that are there. Nice, yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about the programming experience building a gadget? What's it like? It's like JavaScript. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't hear. Did you just say it's like JavaScript? It is JavaScript. It's not even like JavaScript. It is JavaScript. That's something else. How about that? So a fairly tricky environment to work in. Must be a gas to debug. Yeah, well, you know, you got the Visual Studio debugging for JavaScript, and that's about your best tool. And um, 
but overall, the whole client experience, it's all JavaScript. So you want to keep the functionality pretty light and do all the heavy lifting on the server side. Right. Well, I hear it's your birthday. It is. Hey, <laughs> happy birthday, Scott. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's great. Thanks so much for talking to us. So you're, uh, what, 20, 21? 23, actually, Carl. Are you really 23? 23? I'm old. Well, he and Derek Hatcher are like the com- com- competition for the youngest RD in Canada. It's pretty tight. I'm 33, actually. I got to come clean. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling guilty you just now. You look 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've got the five kids to prove it, so. Yes, you do. I, I, you know, at some point, I got to just think you're not learning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks a lot, Scott, for talking to us. Okay, thanks, guys. And uh, we're talking now with Alan Vanderspeck from Al's Onsite Computer Repair. Hi, Alan. Hey, how's it going, Richard? Carl? So, uh, what are you here as a developer or? IT Pro. Al's Onsite Computer Repair. So, right. who are your clients? Um, mostly in home um, and in business onsite computer repair. Uh, old people, young people, people who just don't want to tear their computer apart. You think this is going to be a good thing for Grandma? I think it will because it'll uh, give her a chance to know that she's about to install something. And with the Bit Defender, that's going to help me out a heck of a lot yeah. by automatically allowing it to remove. Yes, I may get calls at 2 or 3 in the morning, yeah. but I'd rather have a call at 2 or 3 in the morning where she's saying, should I change this? Then I screw up my system. How do I unscrew it? Exactly. And yeah. that's what I like about System Restore. I could send her back a couple days or a couple hours. Yeah. So you obviously prefer not to spend your time going on site even and, and unscrewing screwed up computers, even though that's your job. That's not, the, uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I personally, if I was in your position, I would want to do, I would want to, you know, uh, do as little as possible going to grandma's house and, and sort of trying to figure out the magic software that she's downloaded that is no longer working for some crazy reason. My on-site prices are cheaper than any other company out there, yeah. mainly because I'm a single operator. I, I'm an owner yeah. operator and I go out. However, I don't want to waste grandma's money because yeah. grandma and most businesses, most people are on limited incomes. Right. They don't have enough money to f- afford me coming out every two days. Right. And I don't like to make grandma have to pay me every two days. And if I don't have to go out as much, then it saves her money. It sure. saves me time yeah. because I take transit. So, <laughs> so, so what do you think about Office 2007? One word, amazing. Okay. So what's your favorite product in Office 2007? That would be Outlook. Yeah, love it. Love awesome. Outlook 2000. I agree. Mine too. So uh, what do you think? Uh, what, what's the best thing about that? I like the fact that uh, you can minimize it. I use it as a contact, a calendar, uh, email. I use it for everything that's almost everything that's in there. I don't use Exchange. Yeah. Uh, because, I'm, as I said, I'm a single person, but I have my own domain. Yeah. So it finds my email without... The, the nice part is the instant finding of your, your yes. info. Yeah. Back in Office 2003, 2000, 98, 97, yeah. you had to punch in all that info, the, the, uh, the URL. Advanced the find uh, Exactly. Now you just put in your email address, it finds it all like that. The only thing advanced was the slowness of it. <laughs> exactly. It took an advanced person to operate it successfully. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Um, so uh, this is a question I'm interested in, uh, RSS. Are you utilizing RSS at all in Office 2007? At this point, I don't. I use a separate third-party plugin. But once I get the full version of Office, I will because I didn't want to have to keep changing my RSS feeds. Yeah. Um, I don't use it often. I use it in a day-to-day base, even though I'm a beta tester for it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not one of those beta testers that sits down for six hours a day trying to bust the product. I use it in a day-to-day situation the same way I would any other day of the year. Right. So if I find a bug, I report that bug. I don't go looking for them. So I didn't try all the features, but I have planned to try them all. My uh, wife and I are looking forward, because we don't run Exchange either, we're looking forward to the shared calendar feature in Outlook 2007, so we don't have to, you know, we could sync up like 
where's Carl this week versus what are the, you know, what kids have to be taken to what practice when kind of stuff. I'm hoping to get my church to do something similar to that since there's about eight or nine people on the staff and a number of people who volunteer and come in a lot. So I'm hoping to get the, the church to do that. Go to at least Outlook 2007 so we can have the shared calendars. That's very cool. The ability to do that without having to have an exchange server. Without having to do a lot of online work. And it's easy to teach the people who are illiterate or just don't want to learn too much. Right. Very simple. So, uh, Alan, what are you going to do when you leave here? What, what's the next thing you're going to I'm going home doing? to install my uh, evaluation copies of the software. Sweet. Well, have a good day and have a good show. Thank you, Carl, and thank you, Richard. All right, Alan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Richard, we're here with Mohammed Akif. Now, Mohammed and I have worked together before. You, uh, you're with the architecture team? Absolutely. And you did an awesome job for us in Vancouver uh, talking with our arch- uh, infrastructure architects uh, in oh, our forum. Right. Yeah, that was the architect forum. It was, that was back in the spring. That is correct. Yeah, a lot of fun. We were talking about Virtual PC, one of my favorite products, and uh, had a chance to talk to an interesting group of guys who were doing serious work with VPC. Absolutely. And we got some really great feedback. It was a very interactive and informative session for them. Now, speaking of uh, the architecture session here, you had 800 people, is that right, in the architecture Uh, track? Yes, more than 600 people, which arguably makes it uh, one of the largest events in the world um, from a Microsoft standpoint for architects ever conducted. So we're very, very excited. That's a lot of architects and aspiring architects. So we kind of experimented. This is the very first time that Microsoft has had an architect track at a major launch event, and it has uh, been beyond our expectation in terms of the attendance. Now, were you talking about the new products in terms of what, what's there for architects, or what was the focus of what you were talking about? Absolutely. So what I did was last year in all the forums, I asked architects what is on top of their minds. So they told me things like security, workflow, service-oriented architecture, uh, Web 2.0, user interfaces, uh, uh, having architecture for reliable, secure services. Uh, what I did in this talk was I kind of mapped uh, Vista and Office 2007 back to each one of the areas that had been identified by architects as important. Right. So we talked about how to make you know SOA happen with the products, how to make um, you know Web 2.0 happen with the products, and how we are providing uh, new features that allow them to um, get help in each one of those areas. Sort of facilitate by things. Them. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, obvious low hanging fruit is things like IE seven and Vista. Absolutely. So we talked about, for example, the phishing, uh, anti phishing technologies right. in IE seven and Vista. We talked about from a compliance compl- uh, compliance standpoint, the managed. Uh, email folders in Exchange 2007. Right. We talked about Windows Communication Foundation that reduces your enterprise class web services development effort from tens of thousands of lines of code to actually just tens of lines of code. Right. A radical improvement. Yeah, I, I knew WCF had to factor highly into, because a lot of the architecture things you're talking about is inter-process communication or inter-application of communication, and WCF sets the center of that. Absolutely. So we had a full section dedicated to interoperability and how, for example, we did a keynote address with uh, Sun Microsystems at Java 1 in front of tens of thousands of, uh, 10,000 plus Java people on how Windows cart spaces works well with non-Microsoft technologies, for example, from Sun Microsystems. We did an interview with Kim Cameron back mm-hmm. before it was called card spaces yes info, but he, uh, I, I mean very yeah it was back then it was info, 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 info card, card. Right. we yeah. gotta have him back on oh well, it was just a fascinating discussion because it is i mean it's in the end it's all xml so totally portable it between is the environments. xml and it's all standard space so using something like ws meta system it's right. really an identity meta system and what i what i love to do is code one person which has made a career out of uh criticizing microsoft which is lawrence uh lessig um, you know, he has, he's been very critical of Microsoft and he wrote in Wired magazine that this is possibly not just, uh, a really good solution, but possibly the best, uh, and most important contribution to computer security and scriptology. And wow. that coming from somebody who has made a career out of Microsoft awesome. uh, and disliking Microsoft is just awesome and astounding. Well, and it, it's cool technology. And I think you got some great people working on it. I mean, Kim, I'm obviously a huge fan of, but there's a lot of talent in that space. They really thought through, you know, how to implement this technology effectively. Yeah, and I, I got to applaud Microsoft for doing that. I mean, going out and finding the brightest people who are forward thinking about, about these things and employing them. Uh, it's just 
Absolutely. Good job. And, and if I can tell you an internal joke, one of the guys who's really passionate about it is, is actually a person um, who's working on our, our, our architecture team for WCS. And he actually was a victim of a phishing attack long time ago yeah. when the phishing stack uh, attack started. And he said, like, I got, I got really passionate about, you know, as an IT person, if I can get fooled by these phishing attacks, um, you know, what is, what can we say about the general consumer? So he said he wanted to design a technology that would, uh, allow, uh, just this, just get to the, uh, get to the next level of security in terms of e-commerce as well as in terms of enterprise identity exchange. Okay. So, uh, so what's next in the architecture track? Uh, we're actually um, not conducting a full architect uh, session in the afternoon, so we are done with the architect track right now. What's next is hopefully a series of events that's going to be happening in each cities, and we're hoping, Richard, that right. you will be part of some of those events. Yeah, you're recruiting already, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm recruiting already, and Carl, if we come your way, we would love to get you there as well. Uh, okay. And what we're hoping we'll- is to continue this dialogue uh, through my blog, uh, where I'll be posting a lot of architect-related features. And where is uh, that? That is at uh, blogs.mstn.com slash... Mohammed Akif, which is M O H A M M A D A K I F. And uh, when is this next round of events going to be? Uh, this is going to start from January and uh, go all the way till July, and we'll be holding webcasts. Uh, we'll be holding in, the, in in most of the major Canadian cities. We'll be holding architect forums, right. as well as hold a strategic architect forum, which takes the top two hundred people uh, in architect uh, in Canada and get them to one place. Um, so we're going to be continuing this dialogue and learning more about how people are using it in real world. So we can actually start feeding some of that feedback in .NET 3.5, uh, and also, uh, continue to come up with uh, those best practices that we can share with others. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Mohammed, for thank talking to much. us and, and congratulations on that. Uh, congratulations on those numbers. Thank it's, you very much, Carl great. and Richard. You guys are great. I, I love your show. Thanks. I'd like to mention that uh, this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik, Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET applications, and you can find them online at www.telerik.com. We're here with Robert Ackman. Hi, Robert. Hi, how you doing? And uh, you're a fan of the show. Yes, very much so. Uh, quite often what happens is that we end up uh, waiting for compiles or waiting for operations to come back with us sometimes, and we always are hunting for information. We don't have time. So here is a show that provides the information for us, and so we often end up watching the show you know, while we're waiting at work. Did you uh, did you have a good time here at the Vista launch? It was very good. There are some parts that I think that uh, need to have some work on, but that's the case with any show. This is the sure. first time they had an architect position uh, um, session, and I think they have a lot of ways to to grow. But you that. went to the architect track, yes. in the morning. In the morning, okay. But it, yeah, it was a very new track. We exactly. talked to to Mohammed uh, Akif, who uh, worked on that track. I guess he was one of the presenters, and he said it was the first time they'd done it. There was a lot of people in the room, yep. but uh, yeah, challenging topic. It was a little. Uh, needed more detail? They needed to um, focus more on uh, what the architect needed to hear. They, they, I think less of a um, product demonstration. Oh, yes. More of uh, the, the problems that architects face. Yeah. So, uh, so you were telling us just before we came over here about uh, something that you implemented as a result of listening to our show. What, what's that all about? Right. Um, when we are we were thinking of a, a new system to develop, and we had problems because uh, architecturally, um, how do we manage our business logic? How do we manage our data? Um, we had so many things that have plagued me for a very long time in mm. my history as a developer mm. and as a, an architect. Um, what came out of the shows that we were watching, uh, something co- popped up from Rockford Lachica and his mm. uh, CSLA, his, um, mm. uh, his architecture framework for business objects. Love Rocky Lachica. And the CSLA is a lot of software. It's not a trivial thing. It's true. Um, and to top it off, Rocky is a busy guy. But Truly. It, it, it doesn't matter um, how many times I had to ask a question about this or that or some explanation. He was there. He responded through email almost immediately. Wow, that's incredible. He's a remarkable man and, and serious about people implementing his stuff. 
Yeah, and he supports it 100%. He's always there for you. Right. Um, you know, this is probably a good time to put in a plug for uh, some classes that Dunn Training is doing with Franklin's Net. They're doing it in Atlanta, and they're doing it in, uh, in New London on CSLA.net. And Miguel Castro is going to teach it. A five-day class on CSLA.net. Isn't that awesome? How did you learn working with CSLA? Did you just learn on the job kind of thing and, and via email with Rocky? Yeah, we there was a few samples to work with. And so from that, um, it as we were working with it, we also noticed that it, uh, it um, evolved as we were working with it. And so um, we got up to version 1.51, and that's where we are right now. There is version 2. Right. And we are going to be promoting to that. Uh, but it was a definitely a learn-as-you-go kind of situation because he is trying to react to the needs of the industry right on the spot. And so it was um, a work in progress, and we were working with him. But this app's in production now, Now right? it is in production. Wow, it is live. exciting. It is a, um, a full application uh, for an insurance policy. Um, and you can do things like it with quick quote, you know, save work in progress, of course, um, and rate the application. But you can also, in real time, submit that application to get a policy number back to the broker. That's great. And so updating business logic is obviously very, very easy for you now, would you say? That is a, a, was a primary concern for our project because we needed one place to update yeah. for our business logic. And our business logic can react to the flow of the application based yeah. on what's going on. So the same business logic can be called in different scenarios. That's excellent. Thank you very much, Robert, for talking to us today. Thank you. We're here with Jean-Luc David. Hey, Richard. Hey, man. We just had the biggest rib dinner ever. Yes. We were all, we were, it was all-you-could-eat rib night, and we were going to eat all the ribs we could eat. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hurt right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were good ribs, though. This is the only time I've ever felt drunk from eating too much. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Luke's doing better than both of us put together. He is. He did fine. How are you, Jean Luke? I'm doing quite well. How about you guys? Doing just fine. Hey, Jean Luke, tell us a little bit about your history with with the show and with us and with people that we both know. Absolutely. Well, what we have in common is a knowledge of Mark Dunn. Yes. He's a great friend of mine. We've been hanging out for a long time, and uh, he gave me a really great history of the show. He's been involved with the show, I understand. Yes, uh, he, he was a little involved for a little while, yeah. <laughs> I see. And uh, so uh, I believe the first time I ever connected with you was uh, a jam session at TechEd 2004. Right. Uh, the one you didn't remember. Yeah, the one I didn't remember <laughs> at dinner. And I asked him, so you play? Yes, absolutely. He says, yes, we played together, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> so my connection to the show, apart from downloading the episodes and knowing Mark Dunn and having jammed with you, uh, there's not much of a connection at all. Okay, <laughs> good. And you're a Toronto native? Absolutely. Well, actually, I'm native of Timmins, Ontario, which is okay. the... Uh, Hometown of Shania Twain, and uh, oh come on! I you currently reside in Toronto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us about what you do in .NET Land. Well, what I do in .NET Land currently, I'm a developer advisor. But prior to that, I was a consultant for about 12 years. I ran my own company called StormPixel Solutions. Mm -hmm. um, I also wrote about five books: two books on Team System, one book on the .NET Framework 3.0. One book on JavaScript and one book on mobile development using ASP.NET. So, in other words, not much. Not much. Yeah. Just yeah. Just like his relationship to you. Not much. Yeah. Not much. <laughs> not much. So, uh, are you, did you have a good time here at the launch? What were you? What was your? What were you doing in? So, my role here at the Toronto 2007 launch was to present on the Windows Presentation Foundation. Whoopafa. Whoopafa. Indeed. 
And uh, it went well. People were psyched, I could see, and I got a lot of great feedback. Did you do? Uh, did you go beyond the standard uh, geometric shapes and do some really cool stuff? Absolutely. In fact, I gave a demo of the WPFE. Uh, yes. Oh, and it, that just got announced, right? That's correct. And so, an E stands for extra e- exciting. E stands for everywhere. In fact, ah, uh, everywhere. Now, yes. that, now that the sequel team has abandoned the everywhere title, the WPF team has picked it up. Apparently, now so. they're free to take it legally. Yeah. So the deal here is that now we can uh, embed XAML code into the web browser. We can embed it within uh, mobile devices. We can create smart clients. It's uh, highly versatile. So is it really the entire same class library of WPF? That's correct. On all these platforms? Yes. And does that include the the plumbing of the .NET framework? It doesn't include the plumbing of the .NET framework. It's very specifically the Windows Presentation Foundation. I see. Now, this has been touted as the flash killer. You know, Microsoft, he would smack my face for saying that. (laughs) I won't smack your face. They don't say that. But, um, but they're clearly going after the success that Flash has had in having that rich media experience in the browser uh, everywhere, as you right. say, yeah, in the browser. Well, uh, I guess competition's good. Yeah, so, so what I mean to ask you here, as uh, you know, objectively as you can answer, mm-hmm. is how, how much of a shot do they have at, at catching up to Flash, which is absolutely everywhere? Well... I'm highly impressed by the the kinds of things you can do with WPF. There's inking support. There's um, you know support for uh, fonts. Yeah, so, but that's not what I asked you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, how do they really have a shot? I mean, what what are the obstacles in the way? Because if you if you asked me several years ago okay. about you know JavaScript versus VBScript, you know, as being the linchpin that took you know and kept Netscape from you know, being absorbed by IE. You know what I'm saying? Right. In the browser war, is there support in the browser or community? Okay. So what is going to be the challenge? Yes. The challenge will be uh, reaching out to those communities that are not using Microsoft technologies and having them seriously look at this technology as something that they could use. Isn't the best way to do that to build really great apps with this? Absolutely. I agree. Um, I think one of the key things that's really great about XAML is that you can build an interface and it will scale out to pretty much any medium you want. Right. So it's build once, deploy to many uh, And I got to think that's one of the strengths of this technology is Flash is a web technology. Yes. You don't see a Flash player on cell phones and you really don't see Flash being used outside of the browser. So the fact that you have a common development platform, whether you're building on the machine, on the phone, or in the web page, has got to be compelling. Right. Do you foresee uh, other browsers supporting it? Actually, it currently supports Firefox, IE, and Safari. Really? Yes. Now, how are they doing that? (laughs) Well, uh, if you look at a JS file that's included within the SDK, it has um, some code to magically uh, host the, the control within most of those browsers. So a lot huh. of the compatibility is taken care of there. That's really pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and that's sort of a lo- that's sort of the real question I wanted to ask you is sure. you know is that is it going to work everywhere? And um, so you know, with that hurdle aside, there's you know, there's really uh, quite a chance, I think. Yeah. And uh, if you've looked at the blogosphere, it's been exploding with uh, news about this technology. So I think it has... I think the thing we're still waiting for here is a really great XAML editor. I mean, the really the fine experience of building UIs the way that only Microsoft can. I mean, nobody builds better UI constructing software than Microsoft right. for WPF. But then that product's not out yet. What's that product going to be? Well, there is there is a product called the Expression Blend tool. Yeah. And it provides people who are used to technologies like Flash with uh, an experience where they can comfortably build uh, XAML applications. They The XAML is completely abstracted from the experience. So you as a developer, you get XML, which is something you understand really well. You can add in eventing to that. You can add in all the code behind, and you feel really comfortable mm. with that mm. medium. 
and the, the designer doesn't have to look at programming at all and can just design something pretty. How big is the download? When you go to a site that has a WPFE right. blob or whatever you call them, what uh, do you call them? The beta, the beta download, I guess the runtime, is about a meg. It's about a meg. Yeah. That's pretty good. So a heck of a lot smaller than the .NET framework. Well, not smaller than Flash, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. So keep in mind, this is beta. We sure. don't know what kind of optimizations we're going to put on Sure. That. Maybe sure. smaller in the future. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Sounds like a show, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> so is so is this your current passion, WPF? Actually, my current passion is a whole host of uh, web development uh, technologies. I'm really into ASP.NET AJAX. I'm really into Windows Live, uh, doing WPFE, of course. I've been involved in uh, .NET Framework 3.0 for countless years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the coolest app you've seen built with any of this new technology that people would be really wowed by? What's really interesting, I, I have a friend, his name is Valentin Iliscu, and he developed a chess application using XAML and WPF. And this chess application is absolutely wonderful. If you go to um, valil.com, I believe, hmm. you can download the application with the source code. And the product team was so impressed by his application that they hired him as part of the the development team for WPF. So, kids, if you want to get a job at Microsoft, just write a killer WPF application. Well, you know, good software gets its own resume. There you go. It's true. Yep. That's very good. John Luke, thanks very much. And I look forward to the next jam session. Thank you. Looking forward to it, too. Okay. Richard, we were just uh, about a half an hour before we have to give T-shirts out here in Ottawa. For the third time and last time. Right. And we ran into uh, a fan, Tony Davidson. Hi, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Very good. How are you doing? Great. Great. Did you, did you have a good day? I did. An excellent day. So what do you like? What what, what excites you about? I'm excited about Vista. I'm excited about the new technology, uh, .NET um, runtime, the workflow for uh, .NET 3. I think it looks very exciting. So were you in the dev track? Yes, I am. Uh, I, okay. I'm faculty, actually. I'm teaching at uh, a college here in Ottawa, but uh, my background is in development. Now, Richard told me something as you guys were talking earlier that uh, you've been listening to the show for a while. You're a developer, and you teach development. You teach .NET development to kids? That's correct. To high school, college? Not to high school. It's to college. So what, what kind of, uh, what's it's your a, MO? It's um, two different uh, programs I'm teaching, and it's in the multimedia and the game development uh, programs awesome. at uh, Algonquin College here in Ottawa. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, the uh, game developer program is new. It's in its second year. It's a three-year program. Um, we currently have two um, tracks, and basically the students are coming in. They're, they're advanced math students. They're looking for uh, a career in game development. They're not necessarily going to specialize in any one particular area when they graduate, but they'll be going out as uh, what we think will be highly employable uh, uh, game developers, and they'll be learning almost all the programming languages you can think of in uh, terms of developing games. So they'll have Java for portable platforms like cell phones. And certainly um, we are focusing quite extensively on the uh, Xbox 360. I've got to imagine that XNA plays into your plans. Absolutely. You've already been into this for a while, so you've been doing stuff without XNA. It's just coming along now. That's right, but we're including XNA in, in a program in a course next semester. I mean, cool. you, you know how it works. You've got to be on top of this stuff. Well, I'm, I'm sure. excited to hear. You know, you don't usually expect curriculum that quickly. I'm really excited that you're doing that. Yeah. It's it's impressive. Yeah, and we brought in a bunch Absolutely. of Xboxes for the students to play with in the console application uh, course next semester as well. So, yeah, we're very focused on making sure the students are getting very current technology. It must be a very popular class among the math It's extremely geeks. popular. It's a very popular program. It's yeah. uh, it's very exciting to teach. And uh, this technology, as you guys know, it, it rocks, and yes. everybody enjoys playing with it. So on the the other class was a multimedia class. Yeah, we have a multimedia program actually. I, so I got to imagine WPF has got to play into that soon. Yeah, now obviously WPF's just been released, but it's going to be phenomenal. A lot of the students that we work with, they're very familiar with vector graphics. They're very familiar with technologies like uh, Adobe's uh, Flash. 
used to be Macromedia's yeah. Flash. So you can see a lot of correlation between that and what's available in Vista now. It's going to be very exciting to see this type of technology on the application side, not just on the web side of things as it has been typically. How far down do you go? Do you do actually video processing and real-time uh, image processing? We go and all the way. That's right. And across awesome. the faculty of media, too, we have other programs. We go from television, broadcasting. Audio, too? Audio, too. That's wow. correct. Yeah. You do a podcasting class. What a great idea. We do actually include podcasts. No and that's, yeah, that's what really uh, got us interested in, uh, you know, great broadcasters like you. We started looking around at the podcasts that were available, what kind of technology was we're there. We're not part of your curriculum, are we? Not really part of the curriculum, but a recommended part of the curriculum. Wow. I, I push the uh, whole idea of listening to this kind of material heavily mm. with my students, and the key is trying to motivate them to get online and listen to this stuff. Uh, you know, we got to commit a segment for... for uh, for Tony here, I think. Just a bit about how we do our show and what works, what doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd we'd love be, that. We'd be happy to, uh, happy to do something like that. Excellent. So what's, uh, what's next on your list of things to do? Well, we're just wrapping up this semester. We just This is actually exam week at the college. Uh, students are finishing up final projects. That's why I was fortunate to have an opportunity to come to this event today. Normally, you can't get away for this kind of uh, development activity, but yeah. as I say, the timing was perfect. Uh, starting up next semester, XNA is coming in. Very excited about looking at uh, .NET 3.0, the new mm -hmm. technologies. Mm -hmm. um, should be a great semester. Fabulous. Any last-minute words? Uh, you want to say hi, Mom, or hi, hi kids, or I'm something? not sure if Mom will be listening, so I'm not going to say hi to Mom. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hi to everybody out there. You guys keep up the good work. We really enjoy uh, listening to your broadcast. Thanks, we will. And I'm really excited about what you're doing, too. And it's, it's great. Thanks a lot. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl never sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Toy Boy! Life is hard, baby.